on this episode, episode of JR the P. Yeah, I may see myself as being in the right for doing that. I basically lit his fuse because when I overreacted and I and I looked at him, I could have just moved casually and just known that the game he's playing, just move casually and kind of take an unsuspecting look around and, you know, keep myself aware of the situation. But instead, I acted with a little bit of my own anger, my own anger of the situation of why is this fucking idiot sneaking up on me? Why is he acting all goofy? My anger and frustration in the situation made me overreact. I, I snap my head and I look, making a bigger deal of it than it was, which just lit his fuse. He was looking for a reason to freak out on me. Oh, yo, bro, what's up, bro? What, like, <clears throat> am I a threat to you, bro? Huh, bro? Huh, bro? You scared of me, bro? What? what? Am I a threat to you, bro? Well, maybe I am. Well, what, bro? And then he started, like, lumbering towards me. So then I would, like, you know, I backed up, and he was lumbering towards me, and I and I moved away, and then we started doing this stupid little chickaboo, you know, fucking chicken dance. You know, he's lumbering towards me. What, bro? What? Am I a threat to you, bro? What? What, bro? And he knew what he was doing. He was looking for an excuse, bro. I have recently come off of a two-day fast. One kg of peanuts, I can knock that out in a night. Because I'm a pescatarian. I don't eat meat like, uh, you know, like chicken, beef, you know. I guess that's a pig, you know. And, and bovine cows and... You know, chickens and shit. You know? I don't eat chicken, pig, pig, pork, cow, moose. None of that. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the circus. Farewell to love. I'm going to be an ever-loving clown. Paint my face with a good-for-nothing smile because an evil, fickle woman shot me down. Goodbye, cruel world. Boom, 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 boom. Goodbye, cruel world. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the circus. <laughs> I guess I am a clown deep down in tears of a clown boy. Yo, 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 yo. What's happening, folks? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty. On this magnificent June 25th, in the year of our Lord, 2022, welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hey folks, how you doing? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, that is, this is a show where I bitch, wine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs, forever. Yeah, I want to get into your panty liner. I want to know every little thing about you and reveal things about myself, you know? I want to get likes, shares, subscriptions, um, multi-social media glorification to live eternally, in the souls of nobody, 
disposable entertainment. But I'll take it for what it's worth while I'm here. Um, We talk like entertainment, politics, current events, the times of the times, the whole wackadoo, the whole enchilada folks, you know, the whole shebang-a-bang. You can't go wrong, you know. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, Janathan Janathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know what truly is? Boo-boo. Is that a picnic basket? I don't know. All I know is sharing's caring. (laughs) Boo-boo. You know, as old Yogi Bear would say, whatever that has to do with what I just said, it's just fun going, you do. (laughs) Yeah. So um, to kick off this episode, I'm just going to kind of free ball a little bit of what's been going on with me lately. Um, I have recently come off of a two-day fast. Who in the Western world does that? You know? In the days of, like, food delivery, you know? All these home delivery of food apps, you know? Grocery stores will deliver you food. You can get fast food delivered to your house, takeout pre-assembled meals, all at the click of a button. Who in the hell goes on a fast? Except for them fucking wacko religious weirdo types. You know the type, right? Whether it be organized, cult, underground, whatever. Them fucking mental patients, they be going on fasts, boy. But aside from that, who really goes on a fast? In the 21st century, my black ass, my goodness, It all began, uh, I guess, Wednesday morning, this past Wednesday morning. I got up, and I was supposed to go for a jog. I said, ah, fuck it. Stayed in bed, watched YouTube, and just ate. Ate like a dinosaur. Ate like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know? Remember in Jurassic Park? Them fucking little fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex. Running around eating every little fucking thing that came out. You know? I went T-Rex on a fucking bag of McCain's French fries. Baked up a tray of McCain French fries. Went fucking T-Rex on it. You know? I was eating peanuts. I was eating... Dilly bars. I think they call them dilly bars. What are those fucking things called from like... You know like... Ice cream sandwiches. You know, I went T-Rex on a fucking box of ice cream sandwiches. I ate like fucking seven of them. Bloated. Gut sticking out. Ass popping out. I was like looking at my ass. I'm like, I'm starting to get that fucking dad bod. Like I'm a physical guy. I work physical work. I work out, you know, for my performing endeavors. Keep a physique. But, you know, I ain't... Uh... What's the word? Invincible to the ravages of time when I stuff myself silly with fucking ice cream sandwiches and the like. 
gut was just popping out, feeling like a dog's breakfast. I said, yo, I gotta get this ship back on course, or I'm gonna fucking sink like the Titanic. My fat ass, right? So I was like, yo, I'm fasting. Because, like, you know, I've, I intermittent fast as a way of, it's just a good health measure. Like, from what I've looked about health, one general guidepost for a long, livid life. A little alliteration there, folks. A little alliteration. One of the recipes for a long, livid life is um, intermittent fasting. Dialing it back on the foods we eat. Not cramming yourself silly with steaks and potatoes and fucking dilly bars and ice cream sandwiches and the like. Take it easy. You know, like them Japanese do, boy. Like them Japanese diets, them Mediterranean type diets and Greek types, olive oil and olives and shit. Vegetables and fish. Them types of diets seem to really promote longevity but when you're just cramming yourself with a lot of meats and high carb foods and starchy foods and packaged foods and just you know what i mean it's like that simple wisdom an apple a day keeps the doctor away and trust me in this day and age you want to keep the fuck away from a doctor sticking the thumbs up your ass every time you turn 50 because your prostate exam give me a break you know you know get away from me fucking mental patient leave my asshole alone so anyway you know an apple a day keeps the doctor away simple wisdom right so like i said i was feeling like a dog breakfast stuffed silly with dilly bars and chocolate sandwiches ice cream sandwiches and mccain frozen french fries and oddly enough you know peanuts I mean, peanuts are a very healthy, unless you're a fucking daycare child. Peanuts are pretty healthy. You know how kids are always choking to death on peanuts and dying from allergies? Anyway, peanuts apparently are a very good, healthy food, you know? High in protein, but they're also very high in um, calories. And I kind of knew something was up with me because my volume of peanut intake is pretty high. I can go through like a one kilogram bag of peanuts, one kg of peanuts, I can knock that out in a night. Because I'm a pescatarian. I don't eat meat like, uh, you know, like chicken, beef, you know. I guess that's a pig, you know. And and bovine cows and... You know, chickens and shit. You know? I don't eat chicken, pig, pig, pork, cow, moose. None of that. So a lot of time where I get my protein is in nuts. So I can chomp through a bag of fucking one kilogram bag of peanuts in a night, boy. Wake up the next morning. Uh, I was out on the roof last night, boy. What the fuck? I ate a fucking kilogram of peanuts. What the hell's wrong with me, right? So that's what I was awakening to on the morning of Wednesday, past Wednesday. 
I need to do something about this. I got to get this ship back on course. So I proceeded to do a two-day fast. Telling you, boy, who does that in the 21st century? As I aforementioned. (sighs) Not so bad. Felt good. Cleansed the body. Wasn't as challenging as I thought. It was kind of like the last stretch of it. Like, you know when you're a kid and you're waiting for Christmas? You can give a fuck about December, right? But it's really that fucking Christmas Eve that really gets on your tits, right? You can go the whole month and you're not even thinking about it. Then come that Christmas Eve when you're putting out milk and cookies for Santa. It's just like, oh boy, sugar plums and fairies dancing in my head. You can't fucking sleep, right? You just try to fucking fall asleep as an eight-year-old child on Christmas Eve. It's fucking impossible, right? So it's the last few hours, the last crunch. That's a real bitch, right? Same thing with a fast. So the first day, no big deal. And into the second day, no big deal. I got up, I went for a jog, I worked out, did my ting. And yet, come the last three hours, the last three hours of the fast, they were tough. Because I was like, yo, like I came this far, it's basically three hours, it's basically two days. Might as well just get something to eat now. I'm feeling a little faded. Kind of faded, but I'm feeling all right. Think about making my move tonight. Can't pretend that you're only my friend when I'm holding your body tight. I like the way you're making me move. I like the way you're making me wait. At the end of the night, I want to come home to you, girl. Oh, you know you want it. And it... Whatever, you know that song? Who are those fucking... Uh... I forget what they're called. Soul Decision, I think. Kind of faded, but I'm feeling all right. I was feeling a little faded come the last three hours of the fast. I'm like, I should just break it. I should just, you know, take a nap. I don't know what the fuck, man. I, I, you know, I was ready to eat a steak, boy. As I told you, I'm a pescatarian. I haven't eaten meat in over five years. And I'm like, yo, man, I might just get myself a fucking porterhouse steak or whatever the fuck they call it, T-bone steak. Fucking dying over here, right? The anticipation of it all. But I suffered through. And um, feels good. And um, I guess I'd like to extend that story out there to anyone who's interested in like, you know, fasting, you know, do it healthily, do it wisely. Um, If you feel like you're in good health and, you know, it's important to keep hydrated though. I drank water like a mother. So, you know, I had a lot of water on hand. I drank coffee. So I just kept myself hydrated. And, you know, it's something that, I don't know, for safety's sake, if you're considering it and you're not so sure and maybe you have health problems or whatever, you can consult your doctor. But, you know, as long as you do it controlled, you know, because as I mentioned, I was stuffed full with French fries and ice cream sandwiches at the beginning of my fast. So I had kind of a stockpile of shit in my stomach. You know what I mean? I had a reserve in my bowels to kind of get me through to begin with. You know? 
and um, intermittent fasting in general, you know, like waiting, you know, 12 hours, eight hours between meals, you know, it's a good way to keep healthy. And that seems to be one hallmark, at least, of a long life. Good diet and a reasonable intake of food. Because a lot of people, like myself too, as I aforementioned, at times tend to overeat. And I guess the body track, just it's, it's a bit rough. and cause all sorts of problems when you overindulge. So, a little food for thought. No pun intended, you know. Fasting. My two-day fast. It was fascinating. <laughs> Quick sip of smoothie, boss. Smoothie break, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Have myself prepared a smoothie. Some blended up frozen bananas, chilled bananas, and some ice cubes, and some uh, oat milk blended up in a smoothie. Telling you, boy, it's good. Yeah, moving right along here. Um... Part of why I have um, concern for my health, you know, like um, I do, well, you know, a healthy concern, you know, just to maintain my physique, to maintain my livelihood. There's so many variables in life. If it's not your own undoing, it's the craziness of society. Angry motorists hitting pedestrians. All the anger and built-up frustrations that people are letting out on one another post-pandemic. I've been speaking on some of these things as of recently on the podcast. And here's the latest one, hailing from Toronto, Canada. That's where I hail out of. Toronto, Canada. Canada. Here's the latest one uh, that is really unsettling because it kind of touches close home to me. Because um, this is a thing that I frequently use and a thing that I frequently see in the society in which I live in, Toronto, Canada. This is an article from cbc.ca. Woman lit on fire in a random act on Toronto bus. Man arrested, police say. Victim was critical. Victim has critical burn injuries after man poured liquid poured liquid on her and ignited it. Please say. A woman in her 20s is in the hospital with critical injuries after being lit on fire. What does this bitch think she is a monk? You know, one of them rage against the machines, rage against the machines monks, you know on the cover of Rage Against the Machines debut album. Tibetan monk or whatever the hell that lit himself on fire. Did they do what they told you? Fuck you, motherfucker! 
Poor girl, she didn't know she was in a fucking Rage Against the Machine photo shoot. Anyways, a woman in her 20s is in the hospital with critical injuries after being lit on fire on a Toronto bus in what police say was a random act. A 35-year-old man has been arrested with charges pending, police say. The woman remains in hospital with life-altering injuries, most of which are second- and third-degree burns, media relations officer, Toronto Police Constable, so-and-so, told reporters outside Kipling Station, where the incident took place. It is cause, It is cause for concern, especially as we've stated this is a random act, police said. Toronto police were called to the Kipling Avenue and Dundas Street West area around 12 p.m. 12.30 p.m. For reports of a woman assaulted, police say a man poured a liquid substance on the woman and ignited it, causing a fire. The woman was rushed to Sunnybrook Hospital. There's no word on the current condition, her current condition. It's unknown what motivated the attack, but... Police say there was some sort of interaction between the man and woman before it happened. Police continue to investigate. String of recent attacks at Toronto subway stations. Friday's incident comes on the heels of at least two other notable attacks at Toronto subway stations. In April, international student Kartik Vosudev was killed in a shooting outside Sherbourne subway station. The same month, a 39-year-old narrowly escaped being hit by a train after she was pushed onto the tracks from a subway platform at Bloor and Young subway station. Then last month, a man was robbed and beaten outside Dundas subway station. Chief Executive Officer of the Toronto Transit Commission says the agency is shocked by today's attack. Our thoughts are with the victim for a full recovery, referring to the girl that was poured, that had liquid poured on her and set on fire. Our thoughts are with the victim for a full recovery. Toronto Transit Commissioner Commission Dildo said. I added the dildo part, sorry. Our thoughts are with the victim for a full recovery, Toronto Transit Commission said. In a statement, I know incidents like this are concerning for our customers, and I share that concern. They went on to comment, hundreds of millions of customers every year without incident take the TTC, but we cannot do, but we cannot and do not take that for granted. The TTC has several safety measures in place, including special constables who patrol the system, cameras, and emergency alarms in all stations and vehicles, as well as a safe TTC app to, to report suspicious incidents, Leary said. The agency is also recruiting new special constables and modernizing stations to add more cameras and have more staff visible to deter crime. 
The union representing Toronto transit workers also issued a statement saying it was horrified by the incident and thanked the transit staff and riders who rushed to the woman's aid. Subway service was suspended from Kipling to Islington stations Friday afternoon for the investigation. Yeah, a woman in her 20s taking the TTC bus. Well, that's an article. uh, And as I mentioned, that was an article from the CBC. And, you know, they're talking about this woman, this 20-year-old woman taking a bus. And she has some sort of interaction with some mental patient. It's all very random. He pours a liquid on her and sets her on fire. So he had it in his mind to uh, do that to somebody if he's carrying around a flammable liquid. Now, I don't know if that constitutes, I don't know the legal jargon or rigmarole, but I mean, you know, obviously it's not illegal to carry, let's say, lighter fluid or some other flammable liquid. But I mean, this is a person, angry, twisted up, mixed up carrying around a flammable liquid and it was just there at the ready of a hat, you know? The drop of a hat. When he was ready to unleash his anger, he spilled the liquid on some random woman, set her on fire. Thank God they arrested this lunatic. Throw the book at him. That's not cool. Um, I try to see it through a lens of non-judgment, you know. I'm, uh, I'm a faithful man. I believe in God, you know. I believe in Jesus, the story of Jesus. I'm working on that relationship and just how they did him in them times, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of anger operating in people. Resent, anger, guilt. And it comes out in these very ugly forms. So while the man was battling with the same shit that we all battle, that that um, that inner anger that we have all yet to drop at times or have yet to address at times that inner fire. No pun intended. He let it out, the fire, and he lit that girl on fire, that woman, young woman. Um, it's out of control. And... It could be a symptom of post-pandemic, but I mean that anger and and that anger and anxiety has always been there, you know. When I ride the TTC, even myself, I've been accosted. I've had like I remember one time this this dude was like, um, he was you know he was just sitting on the bus and looking all crazy and stuff on the subway, right? And you know he was playing his music on his loudspeaker. He had a portable speaker and he's playing his music and moving all wiry and stuff, like moving like an animal, acting like an animal. As we get to the subway station, 
He sneaks up behind me. I see him sneak up behind me to stand. When there's all this open space, yet he wants to sneak up behind me. Now, what you don't want to do in a situation like that is overreact. You want to be aware. You want to keep an eye on the person, but you don't want to overreact. And what I mean by that is to is to draw any more attention to the situation or attention to the person than needed. So when I saw the guy sneak around me, all I really had to do was just know that, keep an eye on it, and make my move. But instead, I kind of whipped around and I looked at him. Right? It triggered what was already there. He was looking to be upset. He was looking to have a grievance with me. I mean, why are you playing games with me, son? What the fuck are you doing sneaking up behind another man? Come on. It's nonsensical, right? And even though, yeah, I may see myself as being in the right for doing that, I basically lit his fuse. Because when I overreacted and I, and I looked at him, I could have just moved casually and just known that the game he's playing, just move casually and kind of take an unsuspecting look around and, you know, keep myself aware of the situation. But instead, I acted with a little bit of my own anger, my own anger of the situation of why is this fucking idiot sneaking up on me? Why is he acting all goofy? My anger and frustration in the situation made me overreact. I, I snap my head and I look, making a bigger deal of it than it was, which just lit his fuse. He was looking for a reason to freak out on me. Oh, yo, bro, what's up, bro? What, like, <clears throat> am I a threat to you, bro? Huh, bro? Huh, bro? You scared of me, bro? What? what? Am I a threat to you, bro? Well, maybe I am. Well, what, bro? And then he started, like, lumbering towards me. So then I would like, you know, I backed up and he was lumbering towards me and I and I moved away. And then we started doing this stupid little chickaboo, you know, fucking chicken dance. You know, he's lumbering towards me. What, bro? What? Am I a threat to you, bro? What? What, bro? And he knew what he was doing. He was looking for an excuse, bro. He was looking for an excuse to freak out on me. Much like kind of what happened with this lady that got lit on fire. They said there was some sort of interaction. Obviously, she's 100% innocent. Well, actually, I don't know. But, see, I really don't know, so I shouldn't speak on that. But at least in my situation, and what I know is, a lot of these people are angry and they're looking for a reason to freak out. And what you need to do is give them their space, keep an eye on the situation, and... Give them their space. If they wanna, if they wanna hog the space, give it to them. If they, if they just get yourself out of there, just get away from them. Don't interact any more than you have to. And then, if you see that you must make a move to defend yourself or to call for help, then you make your move. But always create space. Get out of the situation, and don't react to it any more than necessary. Because a lot of times they're just looking for that ignition. For you to look at them the wrong way. And all of a sudden you're the villain because you looked at them the wrong way. Yo bro, am I a threat to you? Am I a threat to you bro? Yo. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it is kind of crazy of me to think a man that would sneak up behind me in an empty um, subway terminal who would take it upon himself to sidle his way up directly behind where I'm standing when there's all this empty space in a subway terminal. Yeah, I guess that is crazy of me to suspect that. Or, yeah, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the kind of person who has, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, it starts with a D. What's that fucking word? You're a dilettante, you're a dummy, you're a, I'm a person that has, um, I guess maybe it starts with a P. Prejudice. Yeah, I have prejudice against people because, you know, you know, oh yeah, I, I judge people because I won't let them stand directly behind me for no reason. Like, what was his point? There was a reason to me. It's like, dude, you you snuck up and stood behind me when there was all this room to stand. And the bus terminal and the buses are that way. There's nothing behind me. There's like a wall behind me. Why are you standing right behind me against the wall? Why are you walking around all weird? Why are you blaring your music? Why are you huffing and puffing and chucking around like a retard? And it's my fault? I gave a quick look to you, a startled look to you? He was looking for a reason. So, yeah, that's my thought on it. These people are really angry, turned away from God, crazy, demented. You need to give them their space. You not you not to think any more of it other than to just protect yourself, give yourself space, don't overreact, but know when you have to react. You know? Just because somebody's loud and making loud like you know, like for example, what I mean by overreacting. I don't mean I mean keep an eye out. This is my advice. Take it for what you like. When I say don't overreact, I mean keep an eye out. Create space for yourself. Distance yourself. But don't engage any more than necessary. For example, if a crazy person, one of their go-tos is music in this day and age. They all have loud boom boxes, portable speakers. They'll walk onto a subway platform. They'll walk onto a bus and play their music loud. Overreacting to that is huffing and puffing, staring at them, walking off, making your displeasure known to them. That's only opening a window for them to go, so what's your fucking problem? Well, I can't play my music? and It's only opening a window for them to engage with you. That's what I mean about overreacting. When they do their nonsensical behavior, it's just enough to see it. See that they're acting nonsensically and remove yourself. Don't make a big deal. Don't put your ego there where you have to let your uh, condescension be known. Oh, look at these street people. Uh, like, Don't make a big deal of it. Just distance yourself. And a lot of these people are dealing with the typical angers and prejudices and resentments that we all carry unless we forgive. It's a real fucking bitch. Real fucking bite in the old arse to let go of our angers and resentments. But we have to. And to live a life of forgiveness. 
because, yo, they know not what they do. And why get tripped up in somebody else's baggage? So, in line with some of the things that I see podcasters and social media personalities doing, it's it's to... It's to extend that olive branch for those people that are angry out there. And, you know, society can be a a stressful place, man. I mean, your person, you're down on your luck. Like, put yourself in some of these people's position, right? However they found themselves there, they're on the street. They're living a street life. They're on drugs. They're drunk. They're having mental health issues. They're wandering around. They're bouncing off lamppost to lamppost. Their life is in shambles. And instead of, it's very hard when you're in that position to take accountability. A lot of people won't. And they see your success as their failure. Like when a person is on in a street life lifestyle, anything is considered being better than them. Like think about that. Think about that. Like, let's say they see you in a nice clean shirt and pants carrying a bag from Winners. You had your life together so much that you could afford to wear a clean cotton t-shirt and pair of jeans and shop at Winners. That's how together your life is. That's how balling your life is. That's how much better your life is than theirs. You had $30 to spend on a shirt at Winners. And you're walking around with a winner's bag. And your life is that much better than theirs. And that's that's enough for them to hate you and be resentful. And we have to forgive them for they know not what they do. They're going through pain. They're having problems. They're, they're out to fucking lunch. And until they can find their way forward... I think we have to look at it non-judgmental, yet with a discerning eye and with a distance. And maybe, like some of these social media people I'm talking about have been doing lately, is to extend that olive branch where it's like, yes, we see that there are pain and trials and obstacles in life. And we understand these people have their problems and their wounds but there is a much better way to reach out and to address these issues than to set a random person on fire, shoot up an elementary school full of children, seven, eight-year-old children who sleep with teddy bears and dream of being, you know, like, soccer players and baseball players and when they grow up like the innocence of youth like there's a much better way of dealing with their life problems than to attack the innocent and it's sad that they see their fellow man and a lot of times they're dealt with with complete contempt Oh, get it together. Look at this fucking bum. Ew, gross. Uh, and sometimes people are very rude and condescending to them, but a lot of times it's just their own inner battle. 
You know, as I mentioned, they see somebody who has the money to shop at winners, and their life is that much better. Like, when somebody looks at you, the average person, I don't know who's listening to this, it could be fucking Warren Buffett listening to me right now, but um, whoever's listening to this, like, for the average person, for someone to look at the average person and be like, oh my God, their life is so much better. Think about the suffering that that person must be going through. It's like, really? My life looks like paradise because I I have $20 to (laughs) blow at winners on a pair of brand name eclectic socks or whatever the fuck, what are those words for it? Novelty socks? Oh, look at these novelty socks I bought to go with my fucking pants suit for the fucking dummy convention that I'm going to this weekend. You're walking around with your $20 fucking... Care Bears embroidered socks. Oh, my funny eclectic socks. My novelty socks. My life is that much better because I can afford to buy a pair of novelty socks than some fucking drug addict mental patient on the street. Like, that's sad, man. So, I don't know, man. We have to have a little bit more compassion for them and find a way and maybe not browbeat the idea of how fucked up they are. They already know they're fucked up. Maybe it's the olive branch of like, look, there is help for that. There's a better way for you to address your problems than random acts of violence. Hallelujah. And in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. You know when Forrest Gump said that? In the movie Forrest Gump, you know, he's talking to all these random people on a street bench, bus stop bench, and he starts talking about Jenny, some chick he fucked like 30 years ago during the Vietnam War. Then she like reemerges with his child, and he's sitting on a park bench, and he's talking about her, and I guess she died from AIDS. And he goes, and that's all I have to say about that. Bubblegum, bubblegum, shrimp, shrimp, Cocktail, shrimp kebab, shrimp skewers, shrimp, shrimp jumbo, shrimp, shrimp, bubba. Smoothie break, boss. Don't mind me, boss. And if you're a returning guest to Jared the P, I am an actor extraordinaire. Performer of the bone, ladies and gentlemen. And damn proud of it. Um, yeah. Um, I'm in a real exciting mode in my career. You know. It's um, amazing what a career has to offer when you just hang in there during the good and the bad. And right now I'm in a very exciting point. You know, I recently completed a production of my own writing, producing, acting, uh, my own concoction. Um, I recently completed a project. You can check it out on my YouTube page, Jonathan Ramsaran, suitable for no audiences. A little stand-up comedy special I did has a lot of acting, theatrical elements to it as well. 
It's on my YouTube channel. It's on my website, jonathan-ramtran.com. Check her out. As I move forward to this next project, it's just like, yeah, man, it's like I'm I'm doing projects. Why? Because I can. That's very fun. You know, if I can be permitted to gloat a moment. There are many people in many careers that do many things. You know? There are many people that are in a career. There are many people that aren't in a career. But then where it gets really specific and narrow is when there are people that can have the chops for a career. And that's where I am. Why do I do what I do? Because I can. I can. No matter what anyone says or wants to... I can. Proof's in the pudding, you know? Don't be mad at me because I fucking pursue my goals and dreams and aspirations. Take it up with God. Kind of made me fantastic in the performing department. So, um, you know, if I can be permitted to gloat a moment. So I'm in a very exciting point in my career. Nobody wants anything to do with me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a very competitive career. Like, um, it's not even about rejection. It's about, like, you can be... St- you know, when they talk about how painful it is to be rejected as an actor, it's not even that. Like, you can be similar to my situation. It's like, no, it's beyond rejection. It's like, to even be noticed. Like, it's just tough to be noticed. You have to be noticed before you can get rejected, right? So it's like, kind of where I'm sitting. So that's what I do for myself, because I can. I can do it, so I do do it. And that's the excitement. Right now, I'm like uh, working up on this new project. I recently purchased some equipment. I don't know why I went like that. Like, literally, equipment. I recently purchased some equipment to facilitate in the uh, upcoming project that I'm working on. Um uh, industry recognized um, script writing formatting software. Final draft. A little bit of an investment. Threw down some money on that. Also picked up a netbook. My past netbook, uh, a little old, outdated. So I got myself a new netbook, just a little laptop, for, you know, kicking back at a cafe or, you know, sitting on a park bench, you know, Feeding the squirrels, you know? That's the sound a squirrel makes. You know? Feeding squirrels and pigeons. You know, I'm feeding pigeons, squirrels, you know? Seagulls. You know, feeding squirrels and pigeons and seagulls. Doing a little writing on the laptop. You know, a little writing on the laptop. The old creative juices. And the old, the old creative juices are flowing, boy. So, you know, I got the new netbook, laptop. I got the script writing 
software, and I'm busting ass. You know, I'm breaking concrete, you know, boots on the ground, back at work, you know, and it reveals a lot. And I'm grateful that this winding journey has taken me here. I never imagined because, you know, as I mentioned, God kind of made me fantastic in the performing department. So, you know, back in my early days of, um, you know, as a youngster, as a little munchkin, as a youngin, a little munchkin, you know, getting my stage legs, things came somewhat easy to me, right? You know, I'm on stage and audience seemed to enjoy my performance. I seemed to enjoy doing it. I got roles in school plays and, you know, and I went on and I did like independent theater and college and I strolled the boards and I got enamored and enraptured with the likes of Shakespeare, Chekhov, Moliere, Tartuffe, you know, Bernard Shaw, you know, and my heart just wept and bled for the theater. God, it was effervescent, you know, never felt so alive, you know. Well, in the throngs and throes of them passions, boy, didn't know for what was coming around the corner. Reality. Show business. It's a business, boy. And, you know, it's dictated by the market, the market interest the financial backing of a project. I mean, projects don't just exist, you know? They have to be created, and then there's a budget for that creation, and then people seek the right person for the project, you know? They're not just these projects floating around that you can just grab, or you can just walk up and knock on the door Oh, hi, can I speak to Mr. Show Business? Hi, my name is Jonathan Ramtra. I'm an actor. I'd like to be in your film, please. Okay. Doesn't quite work that way. There's all sorts of channels of connection and commitment and blah, 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 and networking. Sometimes the best actor gets the part. Sometimes a real shit stain that nobody can stand gets the part because they're better at the business. And God bless them. They earned it. If you can go go out there and play the game, play the business and, you know, do your thing, you earned it. I ain't got no scrape with you. I ain't mad at you. Do your thing, you know. But it's a blessing. It truly is. When um, you're one of them types that, you know, despite how people are actors or aren't actors, you are an actor because you can be an actor. That's where I am, boy. Because I can. Motherfucker. And, um, you know, I never know this winding, twisting road would lead me to self-production. Well, I guess I kind of always did know it. I remember, like, one of my first acting classes. I'm like, oh, the teacher don't, the teacher don't like me. And he's, she's really enamored with these little dickhead pipsqueaks. Like, you know, bitchy, switchy ass. You know, bitch ass, switch ass types that, you know. The hills are alive with the sound of music. You know, they're singing and squawking up a blue streak, tap dancing away. And, you know, teacher's pets, you know, real dork types. How was I to know that I wouldn't quite always fit in with them a lot? And I'd have to strike it out on my own. So, um, 
because I can. And I'm growing in my uh, humility. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm willing to take the crumbs. You know, you don't see no fucking bird complaining. You know, or you don't see no fucking squirrel. You know, they poke around and they, you know, they take the crumbs, they take the seeds, they, and they ain't complaining. You know, if it's good enough for a church mouse, it's good enough for my black ass. So that's what I'm doing. I cultivate my own opportunities. Um, I work on my own projects. I keep an eye out for the opportunities that I can reach out for. And uh, an enthusiasm to work with others. I would love to. I would love to... Um, I would love to eventually, hopefully soon, get into a project where it's like, I'm just a cog rather than the visionary. You know, I would like someone to see the talent in me and be like, oh yeah, Jonathan, let's take him and put him in this situation and this collaboration can hopefully produce some real cool work. You know what I mean? Some really nifty stuff, folks. You know, like, let's say I get into some, like, fuck, let's shoot big. Let's say Tarantino takes a liking to me or some shit, you know, or a Scorsese type. Or like a J.J. Abrams. You know, I don't know about him. You know, Star Trek and all that. I mean, maybe I can play one of them weird fucking forehead people. Are they Klingons? Yeah. I can, I can cling on to that fucking spaceship. Let me be a Klingon, you know? Or like, you know, something like that. Or like a... Whoever, man. It'd be kind of cool, like, uh... To just find myself in a completely different orbit. And... Summoning up all the muster and strength and wazoo that I have. You know, all the chops, all the bleeding, burning ambition of... Years of stage fucking. Metaphorically speaking. To just fucking let her rip on these motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Be really something to see that. And my eye is out for that adventure. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Quick sip of smoothie, boss. Don't mind me, boss. A little banana smoothie now. You don't mind, do you? delicious I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire yes and um, I've been thinking recently um, you know I've been having some recurring dreams as a stand-up comic Um, I have this recurring dream where it's like it kind of goes back to that idea of Some people are a job. Some people aren't a job. But then there's those that can do the job. That's where I take refuge. Because, you know, in this recurring dream that I have as a stand-up comedian, it's like the same theme and sometimes the same setting. It's like, I'm a comedian... I'm going down to a comedy club. 
I'm hanging around. I'm talking with the comics. I'm dying to get on stage. And it's not certain whether I'm going to. There's a, there's a list. There's favoritism. There's the hustle and bustle of the grind. You know? Only so many spots. And there's a plethora of comedians. Everybody's out for theirs. Chomping at the bit. <laughs> You know, chomping at that motherfucking bit to rock that motherfucking stage. Plenty of comics, only so many positions. There I am. I'm standing behind the velvet rope. and I'm chit-chatting with the comics. I'm hanging out and there's that feeling. It's a well-known feeling. A feeling that you only really know unless you've done it. Of being on that grind. Showing up to those clubs. Looking for a spot. Showing up to them open mics. Looking for a spot. Roaming around like. Let me do my thing. I want to rock right now. I want to rock right now. You know. You want to fucking drop it. That comedy game boy. And it's that. Weird. Somewhat deflating feeling. Somewhat deflating. But then I awake. (gasps) I awake from the dream and it's like, yo, two beers. Two beers in a bucket? Motherfuck it. Two tears in a bucket? Motherfuck it. (coughs) Like, I'm going to sit around cry over spilled beans or spilled milk or whatever. You know what I mean? I persevere in the art... Because I can. Am I a comedian? Aren't I a comedian? Are I? Aren't I? Whatever. But I can be a comedian. And I persevere. And it's just funny. Strange reoccurring dreams. I wish they'd fuck off. Because it's like, I don't even care. You know what I mean? It's like, I do it because I can't. And that's it. I'm not going to make it a big deal and get all into it other than it's something that I do because I can. All right? Hate it or love it. And the idea of the class clown, I've been thinking about that lately. Because a lot of times comics get that bad rep, like, oh, so what, were you the class clown? I just so happens I was the class clown doing anything for a laugh. You know, some of my better known antics. I once flipped over a desk, <gasps> started screaming, there's a bee. Oh my God, there's a bee. I flipped the desk over. I'm throwing papers around, <gasps> screaming, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and it really got a rise out of the student body. You know, a couple people chuckle, laughing. The teacher's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Stop. Stop. And I'm screaming, there's a bee. Oh, there's a bee. Right? I mean, it was funny enough for high school. And, but then there came a point when I had that moment. It's kind of like Will Ferrell in old school. You know, when he's doing Frank the Tank, you know, he's just basically a fucking sideshow. He's like a carnival act, you know, 
give me another drink. <laughs> Frank the Tank, or however he does it, right? And he's knocking back beers. Next thing you know, he's in the buff, fucking butt-ass naked, running down the street, streaking. Come on, guys. We're going streaking. Come on, everybody. We're going streaking. And he's running down the street, you know, jogging shoes on, bare bottom. And, you know... His wife has to come pick him up and her girlfriends even laugh. They're like, hey, Frank, chilly night out we can see. You know, his little shriveled dick, I guess. We're going streaking. We're going streaking. You know, I had my own moment. Not that I went streaking, but as a class clown, I thought like the students are behind me and my efforts are appreciated. Then I failed grade 10. (laughs) Nobody gave a fuck. They weren't like, where's Jonathan? Jonathan, are you going to get it together? Not that going to school means anything. In hindsight, I really should have dropped out at that moment. Probably would have done better. It would have served my personal foresight and aptitude as a performer versus, you know, side shuffling to the okie doke. I mean, you don't need a fucking diploma in fucking rocket science to be a performer. It's really just kind of dicking around, wasting my time in school. But that was just for me. I wouldn't suggest that to any of y'all youngins out there. I mean, sure, teachers are fucking shitholes and fuck stains. I hate them all. But they serve a purpose to a certain degree. And what we're seeing post-pandemic is they take advantage of the system. A lot of them are useless and lazy. They fucking mentally molest the children and sometimes literally molest the children with their fucked up ideas and beliefs and whatever. Like, fuck, I hate teachers. But... There are things in life that you can't really learn unless you get educated. I mean, if you want to be an engineer and build buildings and shit, you know, takes a certain knowledge, right? But just the everyday person, a lot of us, we don't need this fucking mental molestation, right? Like, they're glorified babysitters for the fucking most part. But anyway, you know... I found myself as that class clown where, you know, I, I, I start fucking up in school. I fail grade 10 and nobody cared. We're going streaking. We're going streaking. And nobody was behind me. I turned around and looked. There I was, butt naked, metaphorically speaking, butt naked, like Will Ferrell's character in old school, dick in my hand, just by myself. The sad story of the class clown. Not exactly proud of it. But I buckled up and I did my thing and here I am and I preserve and persevere to this day. And oddly enough, what I see that the class clown transcends it to. See, when you don't learn how to be a class clown and how to transcend the clownery, how to make the clownery work for you, then you become like an everlasting clown, like a you know, clown lover, an ever-loving clown, right? So what I did was, you know, I played the role of a class clown. I took it for what it was. I had fun with it. I did my best. I served the role. Was a class clown. Had that aha moment, that going streaking moment where it's like, I failed grade 10. Nobody cares. Nobody's concerned with my well-being. I'm just entertaining for fools that a lot of times didn't even ask for it. It's good enough for me to just keep that clown in my heart, 
bring it out in the work that I do and the joy that I want to have. But I don't have to be like a ever-loving clown or clown lover in my everyday life, meaning clowning for people. And for me, what clowning for people is, is imposing your will on people that don't want it. That, to me, is the definition of a true class clown. I mean, you can give it a break to the child, to the student who plays that role. But when you graduate into the real world and you're still an ever-loving clown, like a clown lover, you know, that's a real sad fucking sight for sore eyes, you know? These clown lovers, I'm telling you, boy, like, they think that their opinion is golden and God-given and divine and they, they, they impose their opinion on every person. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, 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 oh, so, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you about this, I'm going to tell you about that, I'm talking, talking up a blue streak till the cows come home, it's like, who the fuck asked you, buddy? Like, yo, here I am, standing here, minding my own business, you just talking at me, why are you up in my ear, talking all that shit I ain't trying to hear, get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that, get back, motherfucker, you ain't know me like that, I ain't playing around, Luda, you know? And these clown lovers, these ever-loving clowns, these fucking class clowns, they be fucking imposing their will on people in the workplace, in social gatherings, on social media, in politics, in society. You walk down the street today, everybody's got a cause. They're picketing. Down with... Buttoned pants. We don't want button pants no more. It is disrespecting and unrepenting towards people that like zippered pants. Down with button flies. We don't want button trousers. I mean, it's literally that ridiculous, folks. Like, redonkulous. People have, like, all sorts of fucking pet causes and blah, blah, blah that they impose on people, not realizing... It's very much like Will Ferrell in um, Old School. We're going streaking! No, you're not. Turn around and look. It's only you. Oh, it's your bare ass flapping in the wind. Nobody else. And all them class clowns, them ever-loving clowns, them clownery folk, the little fucking pet causes. Feminism. Pro-choice. Black lives matter. Um, whatever. Gay rights. Trans rights. Trans rights for kids. All this wackadoo nonsense. Pure clownery, by the way. Um, fucking ever-loving clown lovers. They be espousing their fucking opinions and beliefs on people. And as I mentioned, you turn around, you see it's your own bare ass flapping in the wind. We're going streaking! No, it's not. It's just you, stupid. So, I've been thinking about clowns. <laughs> class clowns. And, you know, like that's the, that's what a class clown is. It's a person that imposes himself on another unwittingly. And they don't know when to... Like, give it a break, you know, like, cut it out. And as a comedian, you know, that's my ting. It's just like, look, I don't want to perform for people that don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to talk to people about it that don't want to hear it. I want to do for myself because I can. And, yo, I'm going to let it shine. If you want to see it, come and get it. If not, uh, all the best to you and yours. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. What I do. I ain't looking to, you know, change a person's mind. If you like my humor, then you like my humor. If you don't, you don't. God bless you either way. I mean, doesn't mean anything. Much like being a class clown. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian, ex-class clown, but clown at heart, I guess. I guess I'm going to, you know... Heart of a clown. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the circus. Farewell to love. I'm going to be an ever-loving clown. Paint my face with a good-for-nothing smile because an evil, fickle woman shot me down. Goodbye, cruel world. Boom, 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 boom. Goodbye, cruel world. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm off to join the circus. (laughs) I guess I am a clown deep down in tears of a clown boy. But there you have it. Jonathan Ramcharan, clown extraordinaire. Yeah. Well, that's been another edition of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Certainly enjoyed speaking with you all today, folks. Certainly um, have a little bit of a rasp in my voice. That sultry sound, you know. <sighs> I was born in New York City. I was young and running wild. That's where I did my thing. Where I had my first child. Named the boy Nas. He was young and running wild. He'd be the greatest man alive. The greatest man alive. I won bourbon. I won scotch. I won beer. You know, I got a little bit of that fucking rasp in the old throat. But, um, two tears in a bucket, motherfucker. Nothing like, uh, halls or a throat lodging can't fix. Ricola! Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent... Mm, uh, June 25th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah, man, street violence, anger, mental patience, fasting. Ever think about taking a two-day fast? I dare you, motherfucker. Class clowns. And performing because you can. Really. Really engaging stuff, folks. The show's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Odyssey, my own website, jonathan-raptran.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, cavals, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight. Peace.